0: My name is Rick Renner and today I'm in my backyard in Moscow, Russia by a big fire that we've built just for you today. This fire is like an inferno, but it will soon go out unless we keep adding more fuel to the fire. Your spiritual life is the same way. If you wanna keep burning for the Lord, you have to add fuel to your spiritual flame. And one of the fuels you need is prayer. When you really enter into prayer, it puts fuel into the spiritual flame in your life and it causes you to come ablaze with the power of God. Is prayer working in your life? That's a fuel that you need
1: and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to continue today looking
0: at what you need to add to your spiritual fire for you to become an inferno for Jesus for the rest of your life. You say, can I really be an inferno? Yes, you can. If you add the right fuel to your heart, You can burn now, you can sustain the fire, and in fact, the fire can burn more brightly and brightly the longer you walk with God. The Bible clearly says, God's will is for his ministers to be a flame of fire. If you're a child of God, that describes you. God wants you to be a flame of fire. That is the will of God for your life. And that's why I want you to order my series, which is called, A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on fire for God you want to be on fire there's a way for you to be on fire you just need to know how to reignite the flame and keep it burning and that's what this series is about so I want you to order your series today it is just marvelous and I have a brand new book by the same title called a life of blaze 448 pages that are just loaded with anointing it is so practical it is so heart-to-heart about how to go from where you are to where you want to be spiritually. You feel like your fire is on a low ebb. How do you stir it up again? All of that is in these 448 pages. Order your book and do it right now. Either go online or call us and we'll get it right to you as quick as we can also for those who become partners we always send you a partner package which is our way of saying thank you for becoming a partner with our ministry if you're already a partner friend i want to tell you that with me and denise and our ministry you are impacting people's lives all over the world i wish i could show you the testimonies of people who write to me who communicate how much this teaching of the bible is meaning to them you know people are famished for the word of god they're just famished for it and in these last days it seems there's been a drift from the bible and as we saw in the last program we need the bible because the bible is itself fire it's fuel but it's also fire But many people live in places where they don't have access to real teaching of the Bible. But when you partner with us, you help us take the teaching of the Bible to people who are sitting at home, sitting in front of their devices, saying, Jesus, thank you, thank you for this teaching of the Word in my life. You help us take that to them. So thank you, partner. And if you're not a partner, please pray about becoming a partner with us. But today I'm going to talk to you about becoming a life partner ablaze and as I've told you in the previous programs we bought an apartment many many years ago that had no heat so our sons came up with a creative way to bring heat into our apartment we had no heat because it had never been provided by the city but we had fireplaces but the fireplaces were empty and when there's no fuel in a fireplace it provides no warmth you have to put fuel into the door of the fireplace and set it on fire if you want it to have a raging fire. It's like a lot of people. Here they are, they're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but they're not putting any fuel into the fireplace, and therefore they're not really producing a lot of spiritual power and spiritual heat. You have to have fuel. Well, our sons one day disappeared. They went looking for fuel, and they came back with armloads of wood, and they began to put it into the door of our fireplace. They put it on fire, and suddenly those fireplaces, hmm, which were perfectly built but were unused, suddenly they began to generate heat and it provided fire for the whole home. And we were warm that whole summer because our sons put fuel into the fire. Likewise, you have to have spiritual fuels to be added into your heart. You have to open the door to your heart. You have to Look at your situation, analyze what is your spiritual condition, and if you find that your ember's on a low burn or the fire's about to go out, then it's time for you to become intentional. You need to find the fuel that you need, and you need to begin adding the fuel to your heart. This is what Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, which is our anchor verse for this series. He says to Timothy, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in the, by the putting on of my hands. We've already seen that those words stir up is a triple compound in Greek. It is the Greek word anadzupareo. It's a compound of three words. The word ana, which means to repeat an action or to do something again. The word zao, which is the word for life or to be lively. And the word poor, which is the Greek word for fire, but when you compound the three words together, it forms a single word which means do what you used to do to put life back into your fire again. Which means there's something you can do. You don't have to ask others to pray for you or to lay hands on you, you can do it yourself. If you're able to identify the fuel, You can add the fuel to your heart by yourself, which means you don't have to depend on somebody else. You can take the initiative, and by being intentional, you can begin to add spiritual fuel to your own fire that will cause your fire to begin to burn again. We've all had moments when our spiritual fire was on a low ebb, but we don't have to stay there. We can change that by being intentional. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about the next fuel. We've already seen the first fuel you need is the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible itself is fuel. It is fire. But today we're going to look at fuel number two. And fuel number two you need to really rouse your fire is prayer. Prayer is an essential fuel to stir the coals, to stir the embers in your heart, and to become an inferno for Jesus. Leonard Ravenhill, the great prophetic voice, said this. Listen to this statement. No man is greater than his prayer life. That's already convicting, but it's really the truth. No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers, many players and payers, but few prayers, many singers, few clingers, lots of pastors, few wrestlers, many fears, few tears, much fashion, little passion, many interferers, few intercessors, many writers, but few fighters. And then he adds by saying, failing here, we fail Everywhere! What an appropriate statement about prayer. Prayer is absolutely essential if we're going to remain an inferno for Jesus for the rest of our life. Listen to these words in Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Jesus says, the Bible says, call unto me and I will answer thee. Well, that's, that's a promise right there. Call unto me and I will answer thee. The way God goes on and says, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Listen to that Bible promise. Call unto me and I will answer thee and will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In that verse, we have God's promise that if we will call unto him, he will answer us and He will demonstrate amazing, phenomenal power in our life. And when you look at the record in the book of Acts, we find that when the early church prayed, there was a torrential release of divine power. They called unto God, and God answered them, and showed them great and mighty things. It is just amazing. Listen to what the well-known Bible expositor A.C. Dixon said about prayer. When we depend upon organizations, We get what organizations can do. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend upon man, we get what man can do. But when we depend upon prayer, we get what God can do. I'm afraid that in today's world, we depend upon education, organization, machinery, but we have really failed when it comes to prayer, so we don't have a lot of supernatural results. But in the early church, they didn't have a lot of organization, they didn't have a lot of education, they didn't have much machinery, all they had was God, and they believed, Jeremiah 33:3 that if they would call unto God, God would answer them and would show them great and mighty things. The great Wesleyan minister, Samuel Chadwick, said it like this, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. My friend, that is the power of prayer. And when you take prayer into your life, it literally stirs your coals and causes you to reignite. And I want us to turn our attention to the book of Acts. Now, many people view the book of Acts as a history book, and indeed it is but it was not intended just to be a history book. The book of Acts is a pattern book. Never forget that. It is a pattern book. It shows us the pattern of how God worked then and how God wants to work in our life until the coming of Jesus. The book of Acts is a pattern book. And when we come to the pattern book, we find that the early church had a total dependency upon God. And as a result, they experienced a torrential outpouring of God's power. They called unto God and God answered them and showed them great and mighty things and their life was literally ablaze because they called out to God in prayer. Let's begin in Acts chapter 1 verse 14 where the Bible says they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. It's describing the 120 who had gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem waiting for the day of Pentecost and for ten days they continued in prayer they continued in supplication according to Jeremiah 33 3 they called out to God God said you call out to me I'll answer you I'll show you great and mighty things beyond your comprehension and they reap the result in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, God showed them great and mighty things. Or how about Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. They were praying. They had gone to the temple to pray. And as they entered into the gate beautiful, there was a man laying there who had been sick for 40 years. Peter and John begin to call out to God in prayer. And just like Jeremiah 33, 3 says, God answered them and showed them great and mighty things as this man, lame for 40 years, suddenly jumped up and God's power was released. Or how about Acts 4, verse 31, an amazing verse. And when they had prayed, notice what they're doing, they're praying. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. How would you like to be in a meeting where the very building itself began to tremble and shake like a building in an earthquake because it was so invaded by the power of God. That's what happened in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. At that prayer meeting, they were praying, according to Acts, to Jeremiah 33, 3, calling out to God, God answered them and showed them something amazing. As the very building where they were was shaken, God showed them great and mighty things. Or how about Acts chapter 8? Verses 15 and 17. Listen to what it says. Who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us that Philip had gone to Samaria and he preached Christ to them and the people repented and there was great joy in that city. He baptized them. Then the apostles came down from Jerusalem and when they prayed, they prayed, prayed for the people, called out to God, believing. According to Jeremiah 33.3, if we call out to God He'll answer us. He'll show us great and mighty things and the people were filled with the Holy Spirit gloriously. God showed them great and mighty things because they prayed they called out to God. Or how about Acts chapter 9 you can read it yourself in verses 10 to 18. The Bible tells us there was a disciple named Ananias. Ananias was praying. He was praying, he was calling out to God. And while he was calling out to God, God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to a street called Straight, to a house where there is a man by the name of Saul, lay hands on him that he might be filled with the Holy Spirit and he might receive his sight. And the Bible tells us in response to that prayer, Ananias obeyed. He laid hands on Saul, who later became the great apostle Paul. And because Ananias prayed, And because he received direction from heaven, he laid hands on a man who would become the legendary Apostle Paul. God heard him and showed him great and mighty things. Or how about Acts chapter 10 and verse two? In Acts chapter 10 and verse two, the Bible says there was a man by the name of Cornelius who feared God in all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Even though he was a pagan, He was seeking God. And Jeremiah 33.3 will work for anybody who prays. He was calling out to God, and God answered him. And God directed Peter to go to his house. And as a result of Cornelius praying, the Gentiles experienced the first Pentecost. They were gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke with other tongues. Or how about Acts chapter 12 and verse 5? we find that Peter has been locked up in prison and a group of people are gathered together in a house and they're praying for Peter's release they're praying listen to what it says Acts 12 verse 5 prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him prayer was made without ceasing they were fervently praying robustly praying calling out to God and God answered he sent an angel and the angel set Peter free and Peter showed up at the house and the people were stunned because this was so amazing, but God did what he promised in Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things. God responded to their prayers all over the book of Acts from the beginning all the way to the end. We find that the early church was filled with prayer and as a result, they were visited by the fire of God. They were visited by the power of God And God showed them great and mighty things. That is God's promise to anybody who will add the fuel of prayer to their spirits. D.L. Moody said this. We're not told that Jesus ever taught his disciples how to preach, but he taught them how to pray. Isn't that amazing? Or Charles Swindoll said prayer is An investment. The time you dedicate to prayer isn't lost. It will return dividends far greater than what a few moments spent on a task could ever do. Prayer is simply powerful. And in fact, it is so powerful that in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, the apostle Paul said, continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. That word continue is a compound of two Greek words, the word pros, which means to be up close, up front, or it describes intimate contact with someone else, and the word kartareo, which means to be strong, to be stout, to bear up, or to be steadfast. But when you compound the two words together, it forms the Greek word proskartareo, which describes someone that is strong, robust. They have a never-give-up attitude, a never-give-up type of leaning toward some object. That's what that word continue means, which means... This word continue in prayer does not describe a quick prayer that's done and finished, but it pictures one or a congregation who is tenaciously pressing into the spirit realm. They're leaning into it, busily engaged in the activities that will bring the object of his or her desires to them. This pictures someone who is so determined that he's pressing towards something. He is resolute and determined he is not going to get up until he gets what he wants. It's describing our attitude in prayer. We have to press into it. We have to be resolute. We have to be determined. This is why J. Oswald Sanders said, it is obvious that Paul did not regard prayer as supplemental but as fundamental. Not something to be added to his work but the very matrix out of which his work was born. He was a man of action because he was a man of prayer. It was probably his prayer, even more than his preaching, that produced the kind of leader we meet in Paul's letters. Prayer was foundational to Paul's epistles and to Paul's ministry. We have to understand that prayer is not just an add-on. It has to be a central fixture in our life. This is why R.A. Torrey said, we are too busy to pray, and so we're too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish little. Many services, but few conversions. Much machinery, but few results. My friend, we have to do what Jeremiah 33 says. We have to call unto God. God will answer us, and he will show us great and mighty things. We have to be robust. We have to be steadfast tenaciously calling out to God in prayer if we want God to answer us with great and mighty results. I want to quote to you one more time J. Oswald Saunders who said, unless you learn to fling open the door wide and let God in, you will work on a wrong level all day. But swing the door wide open and pray to your Father in secret and every public thing will be stamped with the presence of God. Prayer releases the supernatural into our life. Prayer releases a torrential of God's power to us. Prayer releases all of the answers that we've been seeking. So if we want to have God's mighty power, if we want to see mighty results, then we have to do what Jeremiah 33 says, which says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things, that is a promise that you can stand on. God really means that." Billy Graham said, "Heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one ever bothered to ask. Isn't that sad? Leonard Ravenhill, the great prophetic voice, added these words: "I grant you that to our modern Christianity, prayer is foreign." That is very unfortunate, because prayer is a fuel. That really adds fire to us it stirs our embers it stirs our coal when you call out to God as the Bible says in Jeremiah 33 call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not God says if you'll just ask me if you'll just add the fuel of prayer to your spiritual life I will show you things that are mind-boggling this is how important it is that we add the fuel of prayer to our spiritual fire. We have to have it if we're going to be an inferno for Jesus. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you.
1: Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn what is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now, what to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out, how to stoke the coals to get them burning again, what fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire. Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, A Life Ablaze, and the companion book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey
0: friend, this is Rick Renner. I wanna take just a moment to tell you about what God is doing in our ministry. We are bursting at the seams with response from people, and it's coming from all over the world, from the English-speaking world, from the Russian-speaking world. People are reaching out to us for prayer, for support, and for resources, and we need more space. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. Really, it's about having space so we can adequately minister to the needs of the people that are reaching out to us. And in Tulsa, we have to have a new ministry home. We've totally outgrown our current facility, and God has led us to another building, and guess what? It is fully furnished. All we have to do is purchase it and move in, and we can immediately begin to operate. Wow, that is just like something the Lord would do. At the same time in Moscow, we're constructing a new studio Because this studio is too small. We are producing five to seven daily television programs and we have maximized this space. And now we need to construct this new TV studio, which is already under construction. And in that studio, we're going to produce programming that's going to bring glory and honor to the name of. Jesus and to the Word of God, and our assignment is to bring teaching that people can trust to them all over the planet, particularly to English speakers and to Russian speakers. But if you put together all the space we need to expand, we need about 50,000 square feet, and that's what it comes to. The building in Tulsa, the studio which we're constructing in Moscow, and we can do all of it for $120 a square foot. That is a remarkable price when you consider it includes the architecture, textual plans, the property, the building, the furnishings, the TV equipments, the light, everything that is needed for us to do this ministry. And I'm asking you today to please pray about joining us to help us do this. Would you be a part of the giving team that gives sacrificially to help us really knock this out of the ballpark, to win the victory, to purchase the building in Tulsa, to finish constructing the studio in Moscow? You know, if we have to do it by ourselves, it's gonna to be tough, but if many people will join hands with us together, we can do this, we can do it quickly, and Jesus will give us the victory. Many years. when Denise and I first began our ministry, the Lord gave us Romans chapter 10, verse 18. And it says, Yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. It is amazing that we're watching this ministry really reach people at the very ends of the earth. And when you partner with us, you help us do this job and together, We can purchase this building in Tulsa, construct the studio in Moscow and produce programming and bring teaching of the Bible that people can trust to people all over the planet. And my friend, please join us. Ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to do and what he would have you to do regularly until we finally achieve this victory. And I wanna say thank you in advance. Today, I'm talking about fuel. You need to add spiritual fuel to your fire if you want to sustain your fire and if you want your fire to burn brighter and brighter and brighter. If you don't pay attention to your spiritual fire, eventually it will become extinguished. That is what the Bible says. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. Don't let your fire evaporate. Don't let it dry up. That means you have to do something intentional to keep it burning. You need to add fuel to your fire. And that's what this series is about called A Life Ablaze. Ten simple keys to living on fire for God. Ten parts based on these programs. Buy it. Listen to it. Devour it. And you'll learn how to add those fuels to your life. We're also offering you my book, my brand new book that I'm so excited about. Please order it, called A Life Ablaze, 448 pages. If you'll do what is in this book, it is guaranteed your fire will rage. You will rage. You will become an inferno for Jesus. And I know that is the cry of your heart. You just have to know what are the fuels and how to put them into your spiritual fire. You need to know how to do that. And this book is so practical, it will help you know how to do that. And for those who become partners with our ministry, we always send you a special partner package. Please, if you're not a partner, considering becoming a partner with us today, that would be a blessing. And together we can help affect a lot of people with the word of God. So thank you for being with me today. I just want to encourage you to call unto God. Father, you say if we call unto you, you will answer us and show us great and mighty things. Lord, we commit to add that fuel to our life. And Lord, we expect you to show us great and mighty things. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.